Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> has taken over as the producer, so I'm, I'm going to be in the background, but welcome. I'm Dorian. <laughs> I'm Raina. My sister's hilarious, and that lack of I heard that that you didn't hear um, is the fact oh. that I didn't have to unmute, unmute anybody because for yeah. whatever reason, when I'm running the show, there's no problems. I don't know why. Anyway, welcome it's just to like computer. I don't know. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the magnificent one herself, the incredible Wicked Witch, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And just as a side note regarding wickedwitchstudios.com, please know that Dorothy Morrison owns www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Studios with an S, all one word, dot com. If you are buying from someone that has a similar name, that is not Dorothy Morrison. You have purchased from the wrong place, y'all. Be careful. Oh. People are trying to tell Dorothy that they're not getting their shipments when they didn't even place an order with her. So please be careful when yeah, please be careful. When you type that in, it is, again, www.wickedwitchstudios, with an S, dot com. Accept uh, no substitutes. Dorothy Morrison is one of a kind. You can't miss it. And if you need yeah. those products shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do her international shipping, and they have a line of their own goods as well. Okay, so if you're new to Desperate House, which is, uh, so are we. No, kidding. Welcome. <laughs> Desperate House, which is not a PG or even an R-rated show. So if bodily functions, bad language, dirty talk, or anything else I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you. We will understand. But uh, considering that you've hung out this long, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to say some shit. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Our guest might say some shit. My sister might say some shit. Shit will be flung, y'all, because I got to tell you, <laughs> I got sick this week. So I'm going to lay down a little truth on you about insurance, because insurance is a serious thing, medical insurance. First of all, mm-hmm. we are one in this state. We are one of a number of states who are seeing a rapid increase of COVID-19 cases. Please, I know you guys don't like wearing masks. A lot of people don't like wearing masks. I don't give a fuck if you like wearing a mask or not. I'm wearing it. I don't want to. I'm doing it anyway. You're doing it, sis. All the people got to yep. do it because otherwise half of us are going to fucking die. So I, I have to implore that you do it. 
whether or not you want to do it. There's a lot of things in life we have to do whether or not we want to. And I'm sorry, I'm wearing the mask for your protection. You could at least do the same in kind for your fellow man. It's important. Now, I have an eye infection, so my reading level is not up to par for the last eight, nine days. Um, So my apologies, but um, I just want to talk about insurance for a minute because I went to one eye doctor and she prescribed medication that I wound up being allergic to. The price on that medication without insurance was almost $200. I paid seven. Wait, because I have insurance, I was able to afford it. Then I wound up being allergic to that medication. Had to go back to the doctors yesterday and get all brand new medication, by the way, there is, there is no refund that happens with medicine. And I'm talking nope. to my young folks who think they don't need insurance. Because let me tell you something. I could have been sitting here with an eye infection not knowing if it was going to go away or if it was going to get worse. The second doctor wound up figuring out that I was allergic to the first set of drops, prescribed two more sets of drops, totaling without insurance almost $600 for two alternate sets of eye drops. And I have to tell you that even with insurance, it was still $77 more out of pocket on top of the other medication that I had that didn't work at all and that I had to stop because of allergies. So I'm going to tell you that national health, is something we need to continue to fight for until we get it. Because while I might be able to afford it, I am in the minority, okay? And it is because I still have a corporate job that I am able to afford it, even though I basically threw away the better part of $100 on one medication for no apparent reason that money is not recoupable. So I'm going to tell you, Continue, 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 no matter what happens, no matter who wins, no matter what's going on in the government, continue to fight for national health. We deserve it. We're already paying for it. It's time to get it. Okay, off the soapbox from from that. Uh, Sis, if you don't have anything, I have one more soapbox to stand on. Go for it, babe. There's this woman, okay, <laughs> Carol Ann Dash the James Experience. I don't know where Carol Ann fucking came from, but this little white lady is trying to say that she has the ability to channel George Floyd. This was two weeks ago. And I will oh. say to you, wait, 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 and the reason why I am calling this out is bullshit is because part of what she says she received as the message was that civil uh, injustice is not what we're supposed to be fighting for right now. See, I I almost was with her until, yeah, because we're supposed to say we love you to everybody and fighting, fighting for that is not the way. And I'm like, oh, you see, now you lost me white lady yeah you're really and i'm a white lady 
But I'm sorry. I know. My job as a white lady is to call out bullshit white ladies. All right? That's my job because yes, ma'am. that's my power. And I'm sorry. When it comes to Black Lives Matter, it is the job of white people to fix this shit because white people are what created this shit. So guess what? We're yep. responsible. Black people have tried to fix it. We never let them. Therefore, it is in, it is in, that try again. It's incumbent upon us to do the right thing, call it out, and fucking fix it. Again, black people have been trying for years, and white people keep stopping them from getting what yep. they deserve. That needs to fucking stop. So, as one white lady to another white lady, white lady, stop your bullshit. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Carol Ann. Shut the fuck up, Carol Ann. Go back to the exorcist or go towards the light or whatever the fuck it is you need to do. You know, and she's taking money for it. And I found that shit offensive. The man just died. Who the fuck are you? I'm sorry. That just ran all over one side of me and down the other. Yeah, no, and and that this is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm like super pissed right now because not only did she, you know, clearly not channel him, um, she's an opportunist, and that yep. gives the rest of us a bad fucking name. People who can actually channel and are necromancers and are precogs and are clairvoyants. You know, because we get enough shit as it is, you know, oh, that shit's not real. You know, because, and I don't begrudge anybody who has not experienced that and who has only had access to people like, you know, what was it, Sylvia Brown or what what the fuck was her name? She died a few years ago. She was a fucking quack. Um, but Sylvia something. Um, but... It don't don't fucking do that. Don't fucking do that. That's disgusting and it's abhorrent and oh, that just flies all over me. You know, don't don't take advantage of stuff like that. You know, I don't begrudge people seeing an opportunity when it comes to it, but don't fuck with somebody who was murdered. Don't 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 mess with that family. Don't try to profit off of that. That is not your place. You know, and with something that big, you know, that's you know, I, I, I'm mixed with the yes, you should charge for your services as far as like readings and and in depth consultations and you know, if you choose to sell spellcraft, which I, I generally, you know, I, I've done it before, but just, uh, you know what, I'm going to step off my soapbox because I'm going to go off for like half an hour on that. <laughs> but don't do that shit. Not not when it comes well, to that. Don't do that. Well, um, glad you're done because our guest is in the queue and I'm about oh, to bring I'm him sorry. on. Ladies and Please. gentlemen, author of Psychic Witch... The one, the only, the incredible Matt Oren. Hi, Matt. Hey. Hi. Can you hey, hear babe. me okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, I hear you great. 
Perfect. One of the things, the many things I love about this show is that I get to call in. So I get to lay down, wear whatever I want or whatever I don't want. (laughs) I'm in my jammies now, too. (laughs) Oh, I'm laying on my bed with the fan full blast. Oh, nice. nice. I don't hear the fan. I'm jealous. What are you using? You don't hear the what? I don't hear the fan. Oh, uh, it's going, but I'm using uh, AirPods so that the microphone will be clearer. Oh, Uh, excellent choice. I have to try that. That's a good idea. I like that. So I don't know if you were listening before you called in, but uh, we were having a bit of a tirade about this woman, Carol Ann, the James experience. Did you see anything about that? Oh, God, I did. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> asking your take. Just asking your take. What do you think? Uh, I, You know, I don't even think I need to be asked. Like, it's disgusting. What she's yeah, doing is absolutely disgusting. And, you know, it, it's not too surprising. Um, you know, I, I try not to talk bad about other authors in the witchcraft community, but this isn't the witchcraft community. So it's not surprising no. that she references Abraham Hicks on her website because mm-hmm. Abraham Hicks is just as problematic. Uh, Abraham is, has some of the most disgusting things interwoven in, you know, some beautiful flowery things and some stuff that's based on metaphysical truth. But then, you know, you get messages endorsing Trump or looking at Trump as, you know, a figure of the law of attraction and action. And, and there's a strong spiritual bypassing of like, um, there's one audio clip of like a cruise where someone asks Abraham Hicks, you know, like, you know, I see the suffering going on in the world with like starving children and stuff. Like, what should I do? And Esther, Abraham, whatever you believe is like, Oh, well, you know, don't pay attention to that because it takes you out of your frequency. And so it's the most disgusting selfish it's like Ayn Rand as like a new yeah. age spirituality thank so, you for saying uh, that that, that is the references. reference I was looking for that is exactly the reference I was looking for Ayn Rand and yeah. Rand whatever the hell it is I was always taught it was Ayn Rand whatever annoying disgusting <laughs> the art of selfishness it's you 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 and no one else and that is complete Trumpism in a nutshell, yes, in my opinion. Absolutely. No, no, I, I completely agree. And, um, you know, these channelers often reference people like Jesus, just like the Trump people do, but then totally miss his main message of compassion and, like, yeah. selflessness and loving your neighbor and things of that nature. You know, I'm far from being a Christian, um, but, you know, the message that, you know, Jesus supposedly delivers in the Bible is beautiful and something that this whole MAGA thing, it's literally the opposite of everything Jesus taught, including the worship of wealth and the worship of people with wealth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would just like to add, add a yeah, and if I could just add a caveat for, for people who, who uh, choose not to be aware of it, Jesus was not a white dude. Right. He was Far Middle Eastern. Right. 
whether you like it yep. or not. You can't be in Israel yep. and be white. Not born there. Right. And he was a refugee. His parents were refugees from King Herod, yep. and they had to hide in Egypt illegally. And, you know, it, uh, it's, you know, I, you I am not a Christian, but I was raised well-versed in the Bible because of my upbringing. Sure. And for sure. me, I cannot see anything that fits the book of Revelation talking about Christians following someone who is, you know, antithetical to Jesus Christ, or you could say antichrist, because literally yeah. everything yeah. that Trump stands for is in direct opposition of the things that uh, Jesus supposedly stood for. I'm not fully convinced whether Jesus was an actual man or just a singular man, but I don't think yeah. it's important. For me, for me, it's like Aradia. Like, it's not so important if, yeah. you know, it was an actual living person or not. It's still a spirit, mm-hmm. you know, whether we are feeding it as an egregore or, you know, maybe it was inspired by several things, but it's the message mm-hmm. and the spirit of that message that's important. Yes, and it's gotten so skewed. Totally. Totally skewed. I have to agree with that. Absolutely. But, you know, Matt, Uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, being in in, in corporate America as I am, I find that my standards have to be above Christian standards in that regard. Like, I mean, I'm famous for swearing like a sailor no matter what's happening. (laughs) And the people I'm around are very accepting of that because we've all been together for such a long time. But I find that even though I'm partially in the broom closet at work, upper management knows all about me, but my immediate coworkers do not. My feeling is is that as pagans – we actually have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We, we, you know, how many times have you heard somebody cry, but I'm a good Christian. If you have to tell me you're a good Christian, who are you trying to convince Because I'm not fucking buying it. You know what I'm saying? So I find that we keep, as a people, we keep ourselves you know, elevated and quiet, and we do believe in social justice, and we do believe in doing the right thing and trying to right the wrongs. I find that our people, for the most part, and there's exceptions in every batch, but for the most part, our people try to have an even higher standard than Christians because of the fears about us. Right. Well, I I think a lot of that is, you know, Christianity as it is now, and of course, always the most vocal people in it are going to be the ones you see. But I think the Christianity that we're thinking about and talking about, I think it's very different than what the religion Mm -hmm. initially intended or what, you know, the prophet of that religion intended. Um, With with witchcraft, you know, I think that for one part, we do a lot of inner work. That's a huge part of witchcraft. You know, you grow as a person. You get to know yourself. You do the shadow work. You, you learn what your projections are. But then also, you know, I'm very against gatekeeping, who's a witch and who's not a witch. But for me, the mm-hmm. thing that separates a witch from a magical practitioner in general is that witch comes with a legacy and a history of the word witch, which is an accusation of marginalization mm-hmm of torture, mm-hmm. of death, 
you know. And so to have that that mantle, you carry the energy of the history and the spirit of that word. So, of course, you know, we're going to want to stand up for injustice and when people are being treated incorrectly because that's part of the history of the word that we've chosen to reclaim and empower. Yeah. True. Very true. Speaking of which, going back to your book, because, yes, (laughs) highly, highly recommend Psychic Witch. I really recommend this book on so many levels. I mean, it's not just, it's not what we call, well, it's not what people my age used to refer to as a cookbook, and I'm using air quotes. There used to be a time (laughs) when books were just, you know, mix this root and twist around at, mid- at midnight on one foot and throw it over your shoulder and yeah. go bury the money. I mean, I have books that say shit like that right. from a very long time ago. <laughs> this is a very holistic uh, book. I think the word holistic is relevant here because it's not just Absolutely. about the acts of magic. It is also This book also talks about true crafting, true meditations, um, manifestation. Yes, that's all in the title, but it's all in the book. It's not just a title without any teeth in it. And it's got exercises. It's got charts. It's got (laughs) diagrams. It's got everything. I mean, it really is a guide. And, you know, I was kind of thumbing through the exercises and, um, you know, good, good, good practices here. And, yeah, you know, I know candle magic. You've got stuff that addresses that. It's really a good book for – so I would happily give this book without fear to someone who's starting out because I think you make it accessible, which I love, as everyone knows. Don't talk over my head too much because then I don't understand what we're talking about. And while I may be a smart woman, I may not be the sharpest tool in the drawer. So I'm just saying I'm always appreciative when somebody says, I will make sure you can understand it, Raina. So I, thank you for that because that means a lot. Um, and while there's, you Absolutely. know, there's thousands and blessings with different things. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so well done, Matt. You really outdid yourself with this book, which kind of makes me think, uh-oh, how is he going to top this? Because when you write a book that's kind of a tour de force, as it were, it's kind of like, well, where does the person go after that? But, again, smarter brains than mine know where that goes. But before I ask you more about that, I want to talk about one thing in particular that I think is really important regarding the book right now. Um, you You have a very specific exercise about recharging the batteries, spiritually, physically, psychically. I mean, talk about why that is so important because I think people are missing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, because you'll drain yourself. So if you don't recharge yourself, you're absolutely going to drain yourself and your spells aren't going to work. Your psychic ability isn't going to be, you know, as in tune as it could be. You're drained. You're you're not charged. 
And, um, you know, so it's important for us to replenish, but also, you know, I also address the other side of that problem, which is taking on too much energy and how that can fry someone as well. Uh, so yeah. The, the book is, it, it's interesting to watch people's uh, feedback from it. And for the most part, it's been really good. But I recently mm-hmm. watched a YouTube video where this girl made a video and it was all about books I'm not going to read and why. So already it's kind of weird, you know, that she's mm-hmm. giving a non-review about books she hasn't read. Um, but her thing was like, oh, it just seems super basic. It seems like, you know, this is written in a, mi- a billion different books, things of that nature. And to some degree, yes. To some degree, a lot of what is in the book is basic, but there's depth in the basics that I feel other books don't have. And when you understand mm-hmm. that depth and when you can experience that depth, it totally changes how your you know, uh, magic beyond the basics, beyond the foundational stuff works because that foundation is what has to be strong. Uh-huh. And, and how can but you judge a book when you haven't read it? That's just I know, wrong, right? right? So weird. Well, that you know, and um, so I have this, like, smug little thing that I do, um, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> I got all this. these – I got all these endorsements from people that I highly respect in the crafts community before the book was released. Um, mm-hmm. So like that was kind of my like inoculization, you know, that's my immunity. So like when I, you know, hear someone like that uh, say things like that and I see the type of things that their other videos are talking about and stuff, you know, I'm like, you know, I can just smugly tell myself, well, you know, Maxine Sanders disagrees with you. Lori Cabot. There you go. You know, like I can go down the list of like, (laughs) and, and, you know, like I, one of the early, like before the book was released, like the early reviews, um, like the pre reviews, uh, some of them were like, Oh, it seems really name droppy the book. Um, because I was very focused on giving credit, where credit was due, you know, and a lot of books right. don't do that. A lot, a lot of books no, don't they say, don't. hey, I learned this from this person, and this is how I do it. Um, and I wanted mm-hmm. to be very clear about that. And that's why the book is also so exercise heavy, because the people that I, I learned the bulk of my crafts from, uh, Lori Cabot, Devin Hunter, Christopher Penzak, the three things mm-hmm. that they have in common with their teaching style is they don't want you to blindly believe stuff. They want you to experience it for yourself. So I wrote the book very mm-hmm. much, you know, with the heart of, like, I'm not here to prove to you that these things are real. You know, follow these instructions, and you can prove it to yourself through direct experience. That's beautiful. Yeah, you see, that's I find that to be an issue with people um, – sometimes older as in older my age older and sometimes younger as in younger than you Matt in the regard that people have become somewhat lazy and want things spoon fed and I think when you spoon feed information to people you might as well be a priest in a church because that is that mindset of 
you know, you t- you're, I, I'm not smart enough to be able to figure this out on my own, or I'm too lazy to do the critical thinking necessary to see if this is something I should do. I want you to give me the information so I don't have to think on my own. And that's just fucking lazy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> One of, the, one of the things that I discussed in the book um, on my section of the three selves, um, I think it's in the chapter of the higher self, I talk about witchcraft mm-hmm. as a priesthood. And I'm not talking about, you know, British traditional witchcraft degrees. I'm not talking about being a high priestess. But for me, mm-hmm. every witch is a priest of their higher self and their gods, meaning that they are, at the end of the day, you are the authority Uh, You don't need someone to tell you what to believe or what not to believe. You decide. You don't need that intermediary of, like, confessing your sins or having someone pray for you. You have a direct connection with these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of of pagans, um, and I have mixed feelings about that word and that term, um, a lot of pagans, seem to be very latched to the religions that they came from while weirdly Uh denouncing things as being too Christian. Um, And that falls into alignment with what you're saying about, you know, wanting to be spoon fed things, um, wanting to be told, you know, or have those, those cookbooks, like you were saying, like, I love those cookbooks. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, But you need to understand the the you need to understand the mechanics of how that magic works to really make right. it effective. You know, there's a chance that it will work, you know, because it is magic, but you can't. So for me, magic is a science and an art. So that would be the science. There's mechanics that will make it work no matter what, if you do it correctly. Uh, but the art mm-hmm. of it is understanding those mechanics enough to be able to make it your own and make it your own communion with the universe or the gods or whatever you're working with to make it more powerful. But you can't do that if you don't understand what the science is. Yep. And I I say science, science in the sense of like metaphysical science, not science as in like real people science, (laughs) which is in my book too. (laughs) Yes, it is. I just think it's funny that you said real science. I thought that was funny. Um, But I do find it upsetting that people are so willing to just, I mean, and yes, I agree with you. Sis and I have tons of cookbooks. I mean, and we love them, you know, a lot of them because we've been practicing for such a long time you know, we get why it's working, how it's working. We understand the herb connection. We understand the moon phase connection. If we're, if that's the energy we're even working with at the time, sometimes I'm standing at the office and I just need somebody to show up. I'm throwing a, bell, a bitch a spell. <laughs> just boom, shut right. the fuck up. There you go. And it doesn't have to be a big deal and it doesn't take, you know, all – a whole bunch of machinations because for me a whole bunch of witchcraft is the force of your will and absolutely the, the will of your intention so you know all things working together and you just know what works after a while i've been at this for over 45 fucking years <laughs> i better be able to do something i'm just saying <laughs> right 
or else it's just like a delusional hobby. <laughs> no shit. Um, but, you know, I find that there are a lot of people for whom, and I think you really just hit something right there, for some people it is a delusional hobby because they don't do the work. you got to do the work. The work is important. Yep. You know? Yeah. So because you wrote, something, so you wrote something so well to help people actually do the work and give them some guidance without, you know, basically spoon-feeding it to them. I mean, it's a, it's a really great book. Sorry, I just dropped something. It's a really great book, and that's why I sing its praises a lot because there's not a lot of books. I mean, listen, right now we have tons of books on theory, and everybody's theory is valid, of course, you know, but sometimes you just need to get into the meat and bones of what it is and how it works, and your book addresses all of that. Um, your book and right. Devin Hunter's book, Modern Witch, are my two favorite books of the year. So just to uh, give you an idea. Thank you. Yeah, which is funny <laughs> yeah. because they're, like, opposite in many ways, you know. So his is all about the traditional spellcraft, and it's beautiful, yeah. and it's all about, like, using tools and items, and mine's pretty much void of any tools or ingredients or anything you need to be yeah. able to perform the magic. And it goes back to sort of what you were saying. Um, for me, you know, whether it's magic or whether it's psychic things like tarot or, you know, pendulums or whatever, like they're tools, yep. you know. They're t- tools make things easier. Sometimes they make them more powerful, mm-hmm. but they aren't the thing with the magic. They aren't the thing with the psychic ability. It's you. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's pretty much no spirits in my book either. Aside from, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a small exercise of like meeting your guides just because it's necessary for another exercise. But that is because to me, the most important relationship you can have with the spirit is the spirit within you before you start working mm-hmm. with any spirit. And how are you going to discern spirits if you don't have a strong connection with the spirit inside you? Oh, that's a good, good point. And that's, I got to tell you, and because these two books are so opposite, it, that's why it's so easy for me to say they're my two favorite books of the year. Because one of them, and let's face it, I, you know, again, I've been in this game many decades now. Oh, God, I'm fucking old. But, um, you know, part of me is still the, the girl who likes the pretty shiny pretties, and I have an yes. altar full of pretty shiny pretties. But... Again, when I'm standing in the middle of a crowd, well, I haven't done that in a long time, but, you know, when yeah. your book came out, <laughs> right. it was still, it was, it was still possible apart. to be standing. Right, but it was still possible <laughs> to stand closer to people when I first found out about Psychic Witch. So, you know, I could just stand with nothing but me and make it work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and one of the things both, that... One of the things that I intended with the book was very much what you're saying. So, you know, I went into this thinking, well, what would happen if I was lost at sea? What would happen if I was stranded in a desert and I had nothing? What would happen if I, you know, God is forbid, became paralyzed one day? Like, how would I be Mm -hmm. able to do magic with disabilities? Um, So that was a strong focus on the book. 
Yeah. That's brilliant. That's so Yeah, because that, that is sometimes brilliant. And I didn't even we I yeah. oh, oh sorry, sis. You first you first sis. No, I I was just gonna say sometimes we forget we are the most important tools. You know, yeah. tools help and you know, a, a lot of people that boost your magic, you know, ceremony for me it distracts me so I don't use ceremony. I go off the hip because that projects my energy the best. But yeah, I'm I'm sorry, sis. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, mommy, you needed to make that point. That's a good point. What I was going to say was, you know, as an able-bodied person, I often forget that I'm not the only fucking ex- being in existence. And yes, <laughs> you know, your point <laughs> about. You know, someone who's disabled needs access to magic the way everybody else does. You know, I don't know if it's me showing white privilege. I don't know if it's me being old. I don't know what my problem is at the moment. But, yeah, you know, in thinking about other people, this makes it such an amazing book for those who don't have the same abilities as everybody else. So, yes, take note, folks. Yeah, there's... There's also if you have someone in your life who needs this, everybody has someone in their life who needs this book. I'm just saying. Sorry, Matt. There's also been things that have been brought to my attention since writing the book. Like there's a a mental uh, condition or a brain condition. I forgot what it's called, but where people literally cannot visualize. Um, And, you know, I, I got a whole bunch of questions of like, you know, I have this. How can I do it? And, you know, my whole thing is like, well, you know, that's why I teach how to touch into all of the Claire. Because, you know, you don't need all of them. It's powerful if you have all of them. But, you know, like you can learn to reverse engineer the psychic abilities other than clairvoyance for your magic to empower it. You know, whether that's clairaudience or like touch or smell or, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. But you know, you also give a lot of visuals in the book for things yeah. as well. It's not, it's not like you're just giving a description that needs to be visualized. You actually give visuals. Yeah. They they actually toned down my visuals. Uh, you should have Uh-oh. seen the original ah. ones. They were sexy. They were a little risque. Um, a ah, little hmm. suggestive. Um, and mm. like they toned it down to like a genderless person wearing pants as high as my grandfather did. Um, <laughs> but the original one was sexy and it was meant to be sexy because I think witchcraft needs to be sexy. And I think, yeah. you know, there is a sexiness to witchcraft. And I think that's one of the things sure. the pagan community and these witches that are popping up around them that don't know our legacy and our techniques and our teachers and stuff and go to Instagram or YouTube or whatever for their information is because paganism doesn't know how to make their information sexy and a- approachable, you know, like something that's like, ooh, that looks interesting. Um, and that was sort of what I wanted to do with my book. Like if you look at like how uh, it's laid out, how the cover looks, you know, it's all about being a Trojan horse to try to get these people mm-hmm. that are interested in witchcraft but may not know our elders, may not know some of this, you know, foundational work. 
to come in and pretty much trick them into being like, oh, crap, I just learned a lot I did not know about. You know, I, <laughs> I'm going to go look up who Lori Cabot is. I'm going to go look up who X, Y, and Z is. So, mm-hmm. And I've done that. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased with myself for that because that was my main motive because there's no money really in publishing witchcraft books, especially when your book tour is canceled because of the plague. Um, yeah. You know, but... Really? But my main intention has always been to try to get this out to as many people as possible because we need as many magical practitioners as possible in the world right now. We need it. And we need them to be competent and we need them to be in touch with themselves and we need them to be empathetic and hopefully moral, which is a personal kind of decision. But, like, shit needs to change. No doubt. No fucking doubt. I mean, really. But going back to the the thing about legacy and and why I think um, things get toned down, even though intelligent people understand the difference. But, you know, in the 70s, witchcraft had this legacy of uh, lecherousness, I should say. Um, And I think a lot of our people being lecherous, lecherousness, um, oh, okay. You know, basically like yeah. going after little girls and, you know, mm. there's been a lot of accusations about people from the 70s and 80s that were not um, good, you know. And I yeah. think that we still carry around the burden of some of that. Um, some of the elders have been accused of inappropriate contact with folks, mm-hmm. and I think part of the community is still um, bearing the brunt of some of that. So when something maybe looks a little, depending on who you're dealing with, I guess, I guess when some of the publishers see something might be a little bit too sexy or sexy in a way that maybe reminds them of something that may have happened, I think that's when you kind of suffer the backlash of things that happened before you were even born. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a, weird thing that we're still kind of dealing with and and I understand it but I was there and I will tell you that in my experience I was very very lucky no one in that kind of situation ever did anything untoward to me no one ever asked me to do anything I didn't want to do no one ever insisted in a in a ritual setting or in a gathering of my group or whomever, I maybe I was spoiled. I did see lots of activities, but all parties were consensual or, or consenting rather. And you know, so again, maybe I'm just lucky. But back then, it was a lot of free love, and you know, we had orgies all the time because we were all into it. Nobody from my parents would say they were forced. No, but seriously, I mean, but that's how we learned things. That's how we taught ourselves boundaries. You're comfortable with this. Okay, but he's not comfortable with that. Okay, so we make sure that doesn't happen. We were rational about it, you know. So I think sexuality is still a huge part of witchcraft and and being pagan and you know we're loving people you know a lot of the time during this whole pandemic thing 
things got canceled because they knew if we saw each other, we would hug each other because that's what we do. We're loving people. We care about each other. If I haven't seen you, I'm going to want to hug you because I've missed you and you're part of my life and that's how we show love and and that we care about each other. I mean, it's just an instinct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're we're lovers, not fighters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you think about like modern paganism and modern witchcraft, it's not that old in terms of religion. Um, we're still very much right. in our infancy. And I think yeah. that a lot of the elders, that there have been accusations, and many of them I, I do believe. Um, I yeah. think, you know, that, that is, there's several issues with that. So several points I have yeah. with it. So, like, one is, like, we as a community have this thing where because of previous religions we were in, as well as, just our celebrity culture in general, where we put people on pedestals. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this can attract a certain type of personality that can yep. use it. And, yeah, you know, I think also, also, you know, that's why there needs to be such a focus on inner work and connecting with yourself and doing the shadow work and confronting you know, shitty aspects of ourselves that we don't want to admit or look at and learning how to work and deal with it. Because if we don't, that's when it comes out in, you know, these kind of gross ways. Um, It's like the Republican senators who are super anti-gay, but then, you know, getting male prostitutes at conventions. Uh, Or the Catholic Church, (laughs) you know, with just Catholic Church alone and their issues with sexuality. And look at them. Exactly. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and I had this epiphany, too. So oh. with the Catholic Church and the pedophilia, I had this strange epiphany. So there was oh, yeah? a lot of that going on and the height of it going on during the satanic panic that the Catholic Church and then the evangelicals picked up on. You know, this idea oh. of false accusations of, like, hurting children and human sacrifice and stuff, it was all a diversion. <coughs> And a projection of the shit that they were doing behind closed doors. You are you hit the nail on the head. Damn. Totally. I never thought of totally. that. Totally. Wow. Holy crap. That never even occurred to me as a possibility. I never even would have put those two things together. Yeah, because that's the heart of shadow work. It's all about the things that we do not want to look at or address with ourselves, whether we're people or an organization or a religion or a country and then we then project that out onto other people as the enemy and try to fight it that way instead of dealing with it within ourselves and i think that's what's going on in in america right now i mean we're dealing with our shadow we're dealing with you know uh, systematic racism that we didn't want to look at, you know, we just wanted to assume, yep. you know, racism is over, everything's great. And we've refused to look at it for so long. And now we're forced to deal with it. And, you know, I'm, I like to be optimistic of how this is going to turn out. Um, but it's very interesting times right now. We're, we're, totally. we're taking power back is what it is. It's, it's, reach the threshold of enough is enough. You're not going to get away with this. This is not acceptable. 
you, these are right. these are our these are American people, and and we're mowing them down in our own country. You know, and these people are getting away with it. Why? Because they've been given a badge that has no bearing on the situation. You Absolutely. know. This, yeah, this needs uh, to be called out. It it needs to be punished. It needs to be rectified. It, it, enough is enough. It's beyond yeah, and, time. And people, people, because I'm super into Carl Jung, and Carl Jung is who kind of uh, coined this whole idea of the shadow self and shadow work and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature. And he talks about yeah. how how man uh, or people in general are so resistant to look at their shadow that they will do everything possible to get around it. And I see this so much mm-hmm. with people, uh, with, with white people, and I'm like the whitest dude ever, but you know, like where someone says black lives matter, and then instead of looking at what that means, looking at mm-hmm. that shadow of what's going on in America to black people, they somehow twist that and turn that as like, oh, like this is an attack on white people. This is, you know, my white life doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. know, it's, <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's it's the weirdest psychological gymnastics to where they don't have to deal with it and they can mm-hmm. try projecting it and fighting it on the thing, which only worsens it. Yeah, guess what, Boo Boo? Well, my, my husband made this very bad point to my sister once that all lives matter. I remember that argument. Oh. And my argument <laughs> to him, as it has been ever since to everyone, is when all lives are valued equally, then you can tell me all lives matter. But until that, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Right. And, and, and it's this weird, like, why is black lives not part of the all lives automatically? Like, if that's what you believe. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's, saying, no one's saying only black lives matter. No one has said that other than, you know, Fox News and politicians that are trying to weaponize this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, things are crazy. <laughs> People are crazy. Uh, it, it's insane yeah. to see the mental gymnastics that people will do to not really look at something and address something that they may be taking part of just by mm-hmm. existing, which is that, that privilege, you know? Like, I obviously don't do anything intentionally to oppress or marginalize people of color, but I do partake in white privilege, Um, and I am a beneficiary of that, Um, and that's part of a larger problem. That doesn't mean that it's my responsibility. Like, it's not like I have white guilt or I need to have white guilt or something like that, because that Mm -hmm. misses the issue again, which is, like, the systematic how our country is structured right now and yep. how it oppresses people of color and how it elevates white people. Yeah. Right. And oh. what I was saying earlier before you even came on was the fact that because of the mere existence of being white makes you privileged. Um, I feel, I have called this out as being a white problem. The the racism is something that white people have to fix because yeah. black people didn't create it. We did. So, and I mean, we, the general, we, uh, all of us together, 
you know, by either standing on the sidelines and not calling it out or not even knowing about it. And I'm sorry, in a right. court of law, not ignorance of the law is no excuse. So I kind of apply right. it to everything. So, you know, I think as white folks, especially as white pagans, you know, our abilities are in our community to elevate our folks of color in addition to all folks of color. You know, I think yep. um, we bear a responsibility to, you know, promote everybody, not just people that look like us. <laughs> so I'm hoping right. that and, other pagans are doing that, you know. Totally. And and I had a post that was very similar. Like, I do believe that this is our responsibility. And a lot of it is yep. that kind of looking at, like, well, how are we perpetuating this, including compliance? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. compliance and enabling this systematic racism, like you're saying. One of the things that I yep. uh, t- tweeted on Twitter to try to get the point across about the whole Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, you know, it's like going mm-hmm. to a funeral of a mother who has lost their child and Mm -hmm. the mother is giving a eulogy about, you know, how special her child was and, you know, how it's such a shame that he died early. And it's like going up there, taking the microphone and being like, well, actually all children are important and, you know, all deaths (laughs) are bad. It's just inappropriate. It's offensive and it misses the point completely. And it mm-hmm. makes you look like an idiot when you say shit yeah. like that. I automatically lower anybody's IQ down to half at that point when they say that shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just want to take a second because I, I noticed we're down to like almost like seven minutes, I think. But I just wanted to acknowledge oh, wow. that today is the fifth anniversary that same-sex marriage has been legalized, and I just want to say, give a shout-out to everybody, especially my friends that are celebrating their anniversary today. So, yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, and it's Pride Month. <laughs> yes, it, it is, is Pride, Pride Month. Yeah. And we were talking, Matt and I were talking about this offline for a while, and um, Matt, I just want to thank you publicly for saying what you said to me about um, the validity of bisexuality as well, and I really appreciate that because as a bisexual person, a lot of us are ignored or, you know, not accepted anywhere because, you know, straight people think you're gay, gay people think you're straight. I mean, it's this is all stuff I've experienced in my life because of my age, and uh, I just really appreciate the really kind things you said to me. And I wanted to acknowledge that publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that anyone would be like that at all. Um, I think as humans, we're kind of wired to use the tools of oppression on that have been used on us, on other people. And that's part of that huge shadow work we need to dismantle. It's like the turf, you know? It's like they should understand mm-hmm. what it's like to be discriminated against and harassed. And, you know, but turn around and do it to someone else. Yeah, I've actually, Matt, I hope you have a few extra minutes because I did extend by 15 minutes, so we're, we're actually running to 8.15 if you have time. Uh, I'd really yeah, appreciate it. If you don't, I understand. Oh, great. Okay, because in addition to talking about pride, 
Oh, I love you. Thank you. Um, but in addition to <laughs> what we're talking about now about pride and, you know, I, I want to talk about the rise of, of gay writers. This is so exciting to me yeah. that we have all these beautiful gay writers that we didn't have before. Can you, do you have a feel for why we have so many more now than we did? Is it, is it that we're no longer afraid to be public or what do you think that's, that stems from? Well, um, two points. I mean, I think we've, always had gay writers in witchcraft however they've had to be closeted so like mm-hmm. Scott Cunningham there's still so many people yeah. that don't know he was gay um you know yeah. but True. a lot of that has to deal with with you know America and the world and how we feel about you know being gay um and yeah. going back you know this all kind of ties all of this together because Gay rights started with Stonewall, and Stonewall was a response to police brutality against gay people that turned into a riot. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is what sparked, you know, decriminalizing being gay and then, you know, this slow progress to civil rights, um, which are still constantly under attack. Uh, but yeah. you know that we see we see a strong parallel with what's going on with Black Lives Matter. You know this response of you know responding to police brutality and oppression. I mean, what oppressor is going to like? In what universe do you kindly approach, you know, your oppressor and peacefully say, "Hey, I would like you to stop oppressing us now," and they be like, "Oh, okay, absolutely." Like, yeah, that's right. Just not yeah. How the world works. Right. Yeah, and there, there are still a lot of, you know, um, black trans women being murdered in, I, I mean, slaughtered in the street, and yeah. nothing is being done about it. Still to nope. still to this day. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, and I think that's why intersectionality is so important. And I think a lot of that has to deal with just empathy. You know, like, I don't have to be black. I don't have to be trans. I don't even have to be gay to be able to empathize with what someone's going through and have that basic piece of my humanity say, that's not mm-hmm. correct. We need to change this. Yeah. Yeah. Morality doesn't drop off at the end of your personal life. Morality is inclusive, just like justice is supposed to be inclusive, just like, you know, being a good person, loving people, not wanting to see them hurt or fail or destroyed is just part of being a person. I'd really like to see uh, our country get back to people just, you know, if you don't like something that's going on in your neighbor's house, close your fucking blinds and don't pay attention. Because believe me, your little clan rallies aren't making the rest of us fucking happy either. So guess what? I'll keep to myself. You keep to yourself. But if you fucking hurt somebody, your ass is on the line. Because that's, you know, we're supposed to look after each other. Their Bible says that they are supposed to love thy neighbor as you love yourself. It doesn't say love your straight neighbor. It doesn't say love your Mm -hmm. white neighbor. It says Mm -hmm. your neighbor, okay? 
And that, yep. if yeah. you're going to be a Christian, then be a fucking Christian. But don't play this game where you you love God, but you hate everyone that's not like you, because that's the antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing per the book you say God wrote. Just saying. Right. So, so one of my favorite... shit out of me. <laughs> one of my favorite occultists of all time is the greatly misunderstood and twisted and vilified Alistair Crowley. Crowley. And Alistair Crowley, his whole name, his whole thing was Thelema and Agape. So Thelema, your personal will, do what you want, but Agape within Mm -hmm. universal brotherhood and sisterhood. And he has this quote, which is my favorite quote of all of his, which is, and he's talking about Thelemites, and he's saying, we are infinitely tolerant save for intolerance. Mm. You know, so as long as you are not violating the free will of someone else, do what you want. Yes, exactly. It's not that fucking hard. (laughs) It's a simple rule. (laughs) Oh, bugs me. You know, Um, I exist at the pleasure of the gods that I serve. You exist at the pleasure of the gods that you serve. They exist at the pleasure right. of the gods that they serve. I'm serving my gods over here. Go serve your fucking gods over there. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. They are right. people's and, business. And Steve Kenson, uh, Christopher Penzak's husband and one of the founders of the Temple of Witchcraft, he tweeted something brilliant the other day. And I don't know it verbatim, but he was talking about how it's there's a difference between saying I'm not allowed to do that in my religion and saying my religion says you are not allowed to do that. Yes. And that is like a fundamentally huge difference between like pagans in general and other religions and some of these more monotheistic um, religions of the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one god is boring. I'm I'm sorry. I know that, that sounds flippant, but seriously, one god. Uh, I don't feel like that god today. You know, I feel like this goddess, or I feel like that god, or you know, I'm channeling some masculine energy. I feel like this god. You know, I I need this purpose. I need so multiple enough, gods uh, to handle my fabulousness. Are you kidding? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so funny enough to reference Steve again, one of the things he usually, one of his sayings that he often says is, you know, the great thing about being pagan is if my God tells me something, I can always get a second opinion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I always it is pretty brilliant actually because we're not yeah. going to get punished by our gods for asking for a second opinion unlike what other people believe will happen to them but listen we're down to like 12 minutes and I want to know what else is going on with Matt what is happening with you? What are you writing? What are you working on? What's, what's going on? Are there plans? What's happening? <laughs> yes and no. So COVID 
threw a curveball of all of my plans because I had this whole year mm. planned out for Uh-oh. like a U.S. tour. Yeah, so yeah. that that kind of sucked, um, especially like some of them were ones that uh, me and Christopher were going to travel to, and it was going to be sort of oh. like our last bonding in person before I moved to the West Coast. Um, but a bunch, a bunch changed, um, you know, and I left early, uh, because of what my spirits were screaming at me. Um, like right as COVID before COVID was being taken seriously, you know, this happened. And so I'm like, you know what? Nope, this is it. I'm moving. I'm getting a ticket for the weekend. Um, and I'm flying out. And then, you know, it turns out that like all the plans that we made ended up being canceled anyways. So um, I have two books contracted at the moment that I am working on. Um, Yay. They're both very, very top secret because um, I'm still manifesting Aww. it. So I'm keeping that to be silent, you know, um, until it's time. Uh, the, first, gotcha. the first book is Silver Ravenwolf is doing the foreword. And I'm over the moon about that, yeah. especially if you've read the book. You read my dedication to her and why she's so important to me as a little witch baby child. Um, (laughs) Her her book. A witch foot. And, (laughs) yeah. And then the second book, I have the person who has agreed to do the foreword, but I'm completely silent about it. I want that to be a huge surprise because it's an actual celebrity. (gasps) Right on. Awesome. Yeah. I have a guest, yeah. but I won't say who it is. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't, um, don't say the guest, because you're won't. probably correct. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm shutting up now. Raina will shut her mouth. You can, there you go. You can ask me in private afterwards. Um, okay. Other than that, um, just sort of doing my same thing. You know, I I sell autographed copies of the book on my website, where I, you know, I personalize it, and I bless it, and I sign it and send it off. Um, and I am currently, I have some projects working with the Mystic Dream, um, specifically nice. the Mystic Dream Academy, because I'm living with those guys mm-hmm. now. I'm their new roommate. So like you were talking about Devin Hunter, he literally is in the room right next to me. <laughs> so. Hi, Devin. Love you. <laughs> Hi, Chad. So, oh. yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's essentially... It's just working on projects. Um, I have lots of books I've been asked to write the foreword to. So I have nice. a couple more of those coming out. Some of them are honors. But some of them are like people, you know, I read, you know. So it's like, why would you want me to write the foreword? You know, I have one book out. Um, so yeah, yeah, but you know what? You've got a voice, Matt, that's unique. You've got a voice that's fresh. You've got a voice that, as even only having one book, the way you put it, um, has really done a whole lot of good in the community. And I can't heap enough praise on you. And I would, sure, if I were a writer, I would totally want you to, like, say something about my book. Oh, my God. But... So yeah, don't downplay it. You're 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 amazing, and every chance we get to talk to you is fantastic. And um, I'm actually going to be bugging you the minute we get off the air, so I can rebook you because <laughs> you know that's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, I mean, really, 
like I I'm just another guy. Like I'm just someone who geeks out on this shit and has been lucky enough mm-hmm. to be able to find a way to make it my work. Um which, you know, I grew up always being told, you know, make your work the thing you love to do. So yeah. Sure. I Sure. You know, I that's that's all very sweet things that you said. Um I really appreciate it. I'm very touched. Um but at the end of the day I'm I'm still you know, a baby writer. Um, I'm still new to this this arena, um, and hopefully, yeah. my books will have impact on people, and you know, will help their practice and their spirituality and their magic. You know That's what, beautiful. though, I I remember kind of like I I hit you probably when you were like just starting, like just after that hump. And the level that you have excelled to is just absolutely magical, and you deserve every inch of it. Yeah. You know, and and that's, very proud that's, to know you. Um, that's what I told a friend. So I told a friend that the book has to be successful because I put magic mm-hmm. on it. Uh, so sure. like it works. It, it's, the proof is in the pudding. Like if you're gonna <laughs> buy a book on magic and manifestation you need to be able to see that I've done something magically and manifested something out of nothing. Yeah. So I'm, I feel very blessed um, that the book is doing good. It's on the fifth or sixth. I think it's the sixth printing now. Um, wow. It's only, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, Not just so that. Tell her about all the languages it's been translated into or being translated yeah. into. Okay, so um, it's already in Russian. The Chinese <laughs> were, rights were bought for it, but I don't. I was trying to inquire about like, well, who is it? Where can I get a copy? And then I was just yeah. told the Polish edition was purchased um, because essentially publishers approach Llewellyn and say, "Hey, I would like to buy the translation rights for this language," and then they're given it, and then they do what they want with it. Um, I'm still hoping for a Spanish edition. I'm still hoping for a Japanese edition. Like, I think it's weird that, like, I'm in the United States and there's not a Spanish edition yet. Um, So I'm hoping the Spanish publisher will jump in on that and and get Mm -hmm. it because I want it to reach as many people as possible, specifically because, like, I don't get royalties off of translations. Um, There's just kind of Mm -hmm. a flat fee, and the publisher that is publishing the translation does what they want. Um, but I want it to reach people. I want magical people in this world using their powers for good. Bless you for that. Awesome. And we have, and I will tell you, we have a very large Latinx audience. And we love them. And they support have supported us since the beginning. So we are very grateful. So that would be fantastic. And, yeah, folks, listen up. Spanish edition, Psychic Witch, let's make yeah. this happen. Uh, Let's make this happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm lighting the candle after no we get one. off the air. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, We're Matt, make this we are going to wrap up for the night. Love you to pieces. I'm uh, going to rebook you in about the next 10 minutes. So. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap it for tonight. Everybody, the book is called Psychic Witch. The author is Matt Oren, who is one of our treasures and we adore him and we really hope you will check out this amazing book. Um, 
So that's it for the thank evening. Thank you so much Matt, for having thank me you on. again. Thank you uh, for thank being you. on and, and for being arm twisted into a... <laughs> no, no. What's this is one of the podcasts I look forward to because it's just fun. Oh. Like, I can't believe it's over already. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why we have to make oh. it happen again very soon. You'll hear from Matt Orrin Let's again on it. our air before the end of the year. Yes. Matt awesome. Orrin, love you. Have a wonderful night. Give the guys night. a hug for us. I will. All love right. Ya. Blessings. All right. Blessings. All right. Have a good night. Blessings, babe. <laughs> Bye. All right, so tomorrow afternoon, early in the afternoon, yep. y'all, 1 o'clock, we have the lovely, the wonderful Coco Witch herself. Courtney Weber is going to be with us to talk about her book, The Morgan. We're very excited about that. We hope you'll join us. And until then, everybody have a blessed night. Think about what we said about making change in the world. It's up to us, okay? All right, yes. sis. Love you. Talk to you tomorrow. Love you, too. Bright blessings. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>